Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast, and I appreciate all of you for joining me, and I hope this is blessing you. If if it is, please share it with somebody. Let them know about this YouTube channel, and I hope you'll subscribe to it. And and then if you haven't already, go to our website, myfaithroots.com, and get the email devotional that we send out every day. All right, let's go to our text, Hebrews 11.1, New King James Version. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith brings things to completion, to manifestation. It's very specific. Hope, on the other hand, is general. Uh, Let me give you a great illustration of this. There are some things that we are called to believe for. There are other things that the Bible teaches us to hope for. And here's one that we hope for. We hope for this event called the rapture or the catching away of the church. Uh, It is called a hope, Titus chapter 2. And look at what it says, verse 13. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now we know that this day is going to happen at some point in the future. And we're told to comfort one another about this day because when Christ does return, He is going to bring back all of those who died before us who uh, are in heaven, spirits in heaven, bodies in the ground. And he said, comfort one another with these words, this idea that Christ is returning. Now, the reason this is called a hope is because we don't know when it's going to happen. And there is nothing that we can do to make it happen. And uh, we are not the ones who caused this to happen. And, and I, I know uh, Jesus said this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the nations for, uh, uh, you know, before the end comes. We are not making this happen by what we do. If, if, if we made it happen by what we do, then it would be a faith event. It is not a faith event. It is a hope event for that reason. It's going to happen on God's timetable. God has a time set for it. In fact, Hosea tells us that it is as fixed as tomorrow morning. It is a set time in the eyes of God, and that's in Hosea chapter 6. So it, it is not something we believe for. It is, it, you and I can't set our hearts and minds on it and make it happen. Um, we don't know the time of this, invent, uh, this event. Now, here's what Jesus said. But of that day, Mark 13, 32, and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. And so it's very, very clear. Nobody knows. Even Christ does not know the date of His return like this. And it's unlike other prophetic events. For instance, um, let, let me read to you from the Gospel of Luke. And Jesus is telling us in Luke's Gospel chapter 19 that the time of His coming, and specifically the time that He came in on the back of a donkey, fulfilling the words of the prophets when He comes riding in on this donkey colt that has never been ridden before. And there was a particular day that He had to do this. And this is Luke's Gospel, chapter 19, verse 41. Now as He drew near, He saw the city and He wept over it, Jerusalem, saying, If you had known... Even you, especially in this your day, 
the things that make for your peace, but now they're hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you, and close you in on every side, and level you and your children within you to the ground, and they will not leave one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. Now think about that for a minute. He was telling them that they did not know the significance of the day, meaning that they could have known it. They were supposed to know it. That is not a hope. If there is a hope, it is a day that we can't know. The coming of Christ to pick up His church is a hope because we cannot know the day or the hour. But other things in Scripture were known. Uh, we may not have known, or you would not have known, Noah wouldn't have known exactly the day that the flood was going to come. But I'll tell you this, he knew the season because when all the animals showed up, when they loaded on the ark, when the ark was completed, and when his grandfather Methuselah died, whose name means when he is dead it shall come, when that happened, he knew the time of the flood was very, very, very near. And then God spoke to him and said, go on board the ark, and God shut the door. So uh, that, that was something that they could know. We won't know the time of the catching of the way of the church. Even the second coming is a time that's going to be known. L let me read to you. This is Daniel chapter 9, verse 28. Then he and he is a prince, and we know him to be the Antichrist, will confirm a covenant with many in Israel for one week, seven years. That means that at the end of the seven years, Christ returns. So once this covenant is made between this prince who is coming and certain ones of the people of Israel, when that covenant is made, it is exactly 2,520 days till the second coming of Christ. The second coming of Christ and the catching away of the church are two different events altogether. The second coming of Christ is prophesied to the day. Now, we don't know exactly what that day is right now, but it will be known the minute that peace treaty is signed in Israel between the false prince and uh, certain ones in Israel. Now, that's what the Scripture has to say. So, <clears throat> faith is tied to specifics. You cannot have faith without a specific promise from God. Hope is a general expectation. Uh, what we read about Abraham, for instance. Abraham had a general faith that he was going to become the father of many nations. And that all changed when he was 99 years old. Because when he was 99, God said then... At this time, according to the time of life, next year, Sarah shall have a son. This is the first time Sarah's ever been mentioned. And uh, there had never been a promise given to Sarah. When God got specific, then Abraham could be specific in his faith. So, so faith is very specific. We're believing for something very real, very specific, very now. Whereas hope is, I see it on the horizon. One of the best ways to illustrate this is to go back to the Vietnam War. And there was a man who came out of the Vietnam War uh, named Dr. S uh, or Admiral Stockdale. And uh, he, he was an amazing soldier. And he was uh, in prison in the Hanoi Hilton for eight years. And Admiral Stockdale um, uh, learned how to cope with the torture. He was tortured, I think, eight times or 20, 20 times in that eight-year period, and he suffered greatly. And, um, uh, but he made it through. 
And the reason that he made it through, and this is according to his own testimony, was because he had the general expectation, we will prevail in the end. In the end, it's going to be okay. In the end, I'm going to get back home. In the end, this will all be over. And so he kept holding that out. And they asked him the question, were there some people who didn't make it out? And he said, yes, that was easy. He said, the optimists are the ones who did not make it out. And here's what they tried to do. They tried to use faith when there was no basis for faith. They should have relied on their hope. And hope in itself is a very powerful force. And a lot of people, that's all they ever do is use hope. They don't know how to use faith. And we'll get more into that later. But let me explain what these people did. There were a number of guys who got captured, say, in the fall, and they said, we're going to get out by Thanksgiving. They're going to get us out of here by Thanksgiving. And so they would mark the days, and they kept looking forward to Thanksgiving. Well, Thanksgiving came, and they didn't get out. And then so they postponed their release hope to Christmas. We're going to get out by Christmas. We're going to get out by Christmas. And Christmas came and went, and they did not get out. Then they went to Easter, and they didn't get out by Easter then I'm I'm certain that some of them probably started hoping for the 4th of July. And those guys eventually died in the Hanoi Hilton. They didn't make it out. The reason? They gave up all hope. They gave up hope because they tried to be specific with hope. And the problem was they had no basis for a specific date. Stockdale on the other hand, never got into that. He believed that they would prevail in the end, that they would get out in the end, not knowing when the end would be, but they kept that positive outlook. And that is what hope can do. Hope cannot, however, focus on a particular specific thing, time. It cannot do that because that's not hope's mission. Hope is the picture of something positive. Faith, then, has to come alongside hope, and it brings things into manifestation. Now, strong faith is based on a very clear word from God. Now, if you want to read about this, I suggest that you read the book of Hebrews, the 11th chapter, because there are loads of stories there about people who had faith in God. 90% of the stories in Hebrews 11 are about people who got answers. They, they did. They, they prevailed. They succeeded. 90% of them. The reason that they succeeded, they all had one thing in common. They all had a very specific word from God. And because they had a specific word from God, they had great faith. 10% of the people did not receive deliverance. They did not get a word of deliverance. God gave them a grace to suffer for them. Listen, Jesus would fit into that category. Jesus was crucified. He was scourged. He was beaten. That was what he was given. That was the word that the Father gave him. In fact, from the very beginning of his ministry, John said about him, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Well, that's not something to be excited about in the, in the sense that, oh boy, I can't wait till that happens. Uh, Jesus himself said that he grieved over the mission that he had. 
And uh, he made himself do it, but it was not something that he looked forward to. And so what we see is that, is that faith is tied to a very specific promise. And that's what we've got to learn to look for. Where is the promise? Now let me read you 1 John chapter 5. Now this is the confidence, or faith, that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Now a lot of people think that the will of God is like throwing darts at a dartboard. Sometimes you hit it and sometimes you don't, and that's not the case. The will of God can and should be known. And when you tag your prayers with, Lord, if it be thy will, you have just put everything into the realm of doubt because you don't know the will of God. The whole purpose of reading the Word of God is to determine what the will of God is. We have been redeemed, for instance, from the curse of the law. Where is that? It's found in Deuteronomy chapter 28. And it starts in on verse 15, and it runs all the way to the end of the chapter. There are 54 verses of curses. Now read those. Those are all the things that you have been delivered from. For instance, if you live in fear that one of your kids is going to be carried off and kidnapped, that's covered in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28. You need to learn to stand on that and attack that fear and don't let it take root in your heart. It, Christ has redeemed you from the curse of the law. That's part of your blessing. But a lot of people don't know about it. And God said in Hosea chapter 6, my people are destroyed for what? A lack of knowledge. And it's sad because a lot of people don't know what belongs to them. But you need to read the Word to find out what belongs to you. All right, here's verse 15. We know that if He hears us, whatever we ask, we know. Now that's pretty confident, isn't it? We know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. So I, I'm, I'm going to just ask you this question. Use your head here. When you in your prayer with God, I ask you for this, if it be your will, how could you ever describe that prayer or characterize that prayer like this? We know that if He hears us, we know we have the petitions that we have desired of Him. How could you ever know that? How could you ever be sure? You, you can't be sure. There's only one way you can be sure, and that is to know the will of God before you ever pray. And that's why God has given us His Word. Now, we are not promised that we'll be free from persecution. Persecution is not something you can pray to be delivered from. You're going to be persecuted if you live godly in Christ Jesus. In some form or another, you will experience persecution. You may experience some kind of discrimination because you are a believer, a follower of Christ. You have no guarantees that that won't happen. But oppression is another thing altogether. And this is one of the things that disturbs me nowadays. A lot of Bible teachers do not distinguish between oppression and persecution. Persecution you can't do anything about. Oppression you can do something about. And oppression is not God's will for you. So God's will is revealed by His Word. Otherwise, we are left only to circumstances. Hmm. My goodness. If you don't know the will of God, and you're trying to know the will of God by the circumstances that come your way, boy, are you going to be confused. How do you know which circumstances you should resist, and how do you know which you should receive? Actually, the Bible is full of stories of people who resisted 
certain circumstances. They said, no, this doesn't come from God. We're not having this. That's why you need the help of the Holy Spirit to help you remember the Scripture. But the Helper, John 14, 26, Jesus said, The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Now listen to what He does. He will teach you all things. He will teach you. This is something you resist. This is something that you cannot do anything about. And He'll bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. His mission is to give you specifics to set your faith on. And that's why it's so important that you prepare yourself for battle way before the battle comes. You do that by reading and meditating the Scripture. Well, that's all the time I have for today. But we're not done with this. We've got a long way to go yet. And when we get done, you're going to have a much better understanding. I won't say a complete understanding of faith, because I don't have a complete understanding of faith. But we're getting closer all the time. So don't miss the next podcast. And thank you very much for watching this one.